is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome in and a Merry Christmas to you. It's Justin Barkley in for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck Program as we are full-blown in the season. We're watching the storm throughout the country, making its way mostly to the East Coast right now. I got to tell you, we're hearing a lot about the impact of this storm. I've, I've got some things that I want to share about it as well, but a story out of my, my own backyard that I just, I've been hearing a lot about, Christians Under Fire, and it's not just Christians, it's folks of all faith, faith under fire itself. I want you to hear about this couple that's going through it right now, how they're facing it. I think there's a there's a lesson in it. Share their story and more coming up after this in the Glenn Beck Program. So they're saying uh, today thousands of flights canceled already, and I'm sure yeah, this is going to be an issue for travel. Uh, folks without power in states all across the country, we'll, we'll talk about some of that coming up and what the storm actually looks like. And my, my view of it from where I sit in Michigan, which is very cold and very snowy nevertheless, but we'll, we'll talk about it all coming up, the impact. And, uh, and what you, you, you may not be hearing or seeing behind the scenes of everything that's breathlessly reported on television right now because, you know, everything's a big emergency, everything's a crisis, and believe it or not, yes, everything, we do have a lot of crises going on one after the other. Justin Barclay in for Glenn Beck. We'll try and make sense of it all this morning. You want to stay in contact with me, justinbarclay.com, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y.com. But I'd love to hear from you, so send me a message there on my website, or you can call 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. like to put a couple of more uh, phone calls on the air today, just as we get a little closer to the holiday season, wrap things up with a bang. But first, I want to tell you about a couple who have been through it. They um, are, are folks who, entrepreneurs, decided they were going to start their own business, a couple of faith, and uh, that business just happened to be a wedding venue. Uh, Nick and Hannah Natalie on the phone with us right now. How are you guys? You're very good. How are you? Merry Christmas to you. I, uh, your story is really fascinating. You you both worked in the industry. I guess, Nick, you were uh, in the food kind of a, as a chef. And then, uh, Hannah, you were a photographer. Is that right? That's right. Yep. yep. So you guys did these things before, and, and, and I guess you get married and you decide somewhere down the line that you've got a dream, which is opening up a, a, a venue. And you happen upon a church, a beautiful church that needed a ton of work. What year was it that you guys made decide to make this leap and, and get into that church and start the, the process of, of really renovating this thing and, and cleaning it up? Yeah, so we, we found this space in 2018, the beginning of 18. And... Um, it took us only just, I think, about three or four months to get in the building, see it with a realtor, purchase it. Um, it was fast. We just knew when we saw it and we got in it, it was the one that we wanted, um, despite the state that it was in. And, yeah, from there, it was a four-year journey to get open just this summer in June of 22. You had covid you had all kinds of stuff that you guys went through but you persevered and you said we're going to get open 
But, you know, uh, uh, most folks, when they get open, they're probably feeling some sort of relief. And, oh, my goodness, here we go. You're probably hoping to feel that way, too, until, I mean, it really hit the fan. And your faith has come under fire because you you sort of mentioned that uh, it was going to be how you do business. Now, I, I, I understand that sort of the way the world works now, the culture is. They, uh, they don't mind you have your faith, they'll tell you, but just as long as you keep that private. You're not allowed to talk about it. You're not allowed to practice it uh, in public, uh, apparently. And that's that's what you guys found because you've uh, been under attack by a, a mob of, uh, of the cancel culture folks. Tell us a little bit about what happened to you and um, and when it, it, it all started. Yeah, well, going into the first year of business, we were hoping to get open in February. <clears throat> because of construction and everything, we didn't get open until June, late June. And we had 30 weddings booked for, you know, within a five-month span. So we were really excited about that. Off to a great start. Um, and then 13 days after we opened, we had someone reach out, ask, ask us if we... Um, host LGBTQ weddings and with Nick and I and our faith, um, it was just something that we felt so strongly about to hold to our values as we open this business. And, you know, we're here to serve the Lord. We're here to serve Jesus. We're not here to serve the people. And so it, it was just, you know, we couldn't, we just couldn't do that. Like our hearts would not be able to, you know, continue with that kind of business and teach our kids one way at home and then run our business a different way. Like this is just, we're all in for Jesus. And, and that's no matter what we do in life, that's how we're going to run it. And so we responded honestly that way. And that was on June 30. And um, that person that asked screenshotted uh, that conversation that I had with her and shared it all over her Instagram. And by the morning, it had just spread like wildfire. And it was, I mean, it was everywhere. The hate just, I mean, and, and from there on out, like, it's been just hate. They just think we hate people. And that is not the case at all. They're just painting this picture that we are the most evil, hateful people. And, you know, yeah, like I said, that's, that's not the case. We want to celebrate love and, and the way God intended love to be celebrated and um, just this covenant between a man and a woman and God. And so that's kind of where we're at today. Um, <clears throat> we haven't booked really, really much in, since since we came out with our stance. Nick, I want to ask you a little bit about what has happened and the attacks that have come. And you, you guys aren't looking to discriminate against anyone. You're just looking to conduct business uh, the way your faith, in accordance with your faith. Um, and you, you've been attacked. It, it seems like this made the news. Uh, you've been attacked online, and that's caused people to decide they're not going to come to your venue. They're not going to um, have weddings or events there. But it really also has, I think, showed you quite a bit about who you are and who God is throughout the whole process. Yeah. Um, you know, I think one of the hardest walks that you can have is, um, you know, being humble and submitting to God's plan. And, um, that, that can be very difficult for everybody. Um, it's, it's been extremely difficult for me. 
Um, as a man, we tend to think that we can just fix it ourselves and put it in our control and we'll just take care of it type mentality. And um, it's, it's been a lot of our prayers lately <clears throat> has been, you know, God, what do you want with the space? What are you trying to teach us through this? Why are we going through this? Um, despite the outcome. I mean, we have to be very realistic in our financial state that this might not be happening and we might be having to close our doors at some point. And that's maybe what God wants. Um, and he wants to teach us that standing for him and fighting for him was more of what he wanted us to go through and for people to see. Um, you know, we've got a great support group through church, through my men's group, through friends, through family. And I think people keep telling us that is we don't know what the purpose of this is probably until it's all over and maybe years down the road, we won't know what, what his intentions were. Um, and that's, that's difficult because like you said, we're entrepreneurs. We opened a business. We, we have all these, you know, projections and, and grandiose visions of what our business is going to be. And then this is really, halted that and and made us stop and say okay lord what do you want with us and with this space well let me ask you because i know you guys have a lot on the line anytime you have to open a business or you 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 put a lot on the line um what do you stand to lose if this doesn't work um well <clears throat> we can say you know it's it's a multi-million dollar project it's it's over seven figures um and, and it's through an SBA loan. Um, and, you know, that's, it's a lot of money for us that would really put us, well, obviously put us out of business, closing the doors and, um, and it's our livelihood. Yeah. So like, so that's gone. That's it. Yeah, pretty much. You know, I I understand that you have you've kind of faced this reality. Um, there's a gifts and go set up to to help these folks uh, out. By, by the way, um, I want to talk about the the attacks that that, that have been made um, and how you've handled them because I think that more than anything that has given you. In fact, Nick, you told me last night when we were talking about this that you you have uh, been able to have some really good conversations with people one-on-one. -on -one. I think there's a difference. When we get into groups of people, we get this mob mentality um, that that can take place. But one-on-one, -on -one, we've kind of lost that. Whether it's social media or some of the things that we see nowadays, this mob mentality takes over. What are some of the attacks that have happened that have come your way, some of the things that you've heard, and then how, how have you countered them and, and been able to have good conversations with people and maybe be a shining example of, of, uh, of, of your faith in that process. Yeah. Um, you know, most, most of what we've received has been on social media and it's, you know, it's anywhere from threats to your business threats to your livelihood. Um, people have made comments about comments on pictures of me with my children calling me a groomer. Um, Hannah has received phone calls that are just, I can't say it on 
live radio, I assume, mm-hmm. uh, just some nasty stuff. Uh, you know, wishing she be barren for the rest of her life. Mm. Uh, people were making false inquiries for events at our space online. Um, some of them would put, you know, the event type, child sacrifice, uh, guest count, 666. Oh um, the person who's hosting the event is Satan. Um, comments about things that Jesus could do with his male appendages uh, to himself. Just crazy, like you read it and you're like, how how do we go from we believe marriage to be a man and a woman to death threats, pedophilia, uh, you know, child sacrifices? Someone called my mom. Somehow they got her number, left a voicemail on her phone, berating her for raising me. Um, how have you? you know, how have- how have you countered this? I don't want to say fought back because I think you've not fought in the ways that you probably want to at some time, <laughs> the ways that yeah. some might think about it. But how have you countered some of this? Honestly, through community, um, our church, our, our pastor, um, my men's group has been great. Um, I think what I said to you last night was, yeah, I'm, I'm a rather large, bald, white man with a beard which is basically the antichrist in this society. And, you know, I think there would be a stereotype to how I would, how I would respond based on how I look. And everybody's just told me, wouldn't it be amazing for you to just shine God's light and not respond with hate and, you know, try to speak love into the situation. And I think that's what I've tried to do anytime we've had media approach us or, um, you know, I have had conversations with people, um, with the opposing view once a couple at a wedding that we were hosting. And it was, those are the best conversations you could have because you're not out to change someone's opinion or, or belief. You're just voicing the depth of your belief versus a tagline on social media or the news, right? homophobic couple opens wedding venue. No, that's not us. And when you actually get to have a conversation with people and say, this is what we believe. And this is why we're running our business this way. It doesn't have to result in all of this that's going on. I want to ask you about legal issues. We got to take a quick break though. Cause you've, you've come across some of those as well. Um, you're under fire there. This couple is in Michigan, this grand rapids couple. Um, you can help them. We'll tell you how, and maybe, they can help you when it comes to fighting back and finding out where that line is because folks this is not the only incidents you're going to have to figure out where your line is and whether or not you intend to stand in the future Um, we're seeing faith under fire in a lot of different ways we'll continue this conversation right after this justin barkley and for glenn today on the glenn beck program Talking with Nick and Hannah Natale right now on the Glenbeck program. They're a couple who started a wedding venue. And as they started to get going, somebody inquired about a same-sex uh, marriage. They said because of their faith, they just can't participate in that. They're not homophobic, but they say they have Christian business values. And their faith now is, is under fire. You guys actually, uh, Nick and Hannah, you've 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 had some legal issues. The, the city has an ordinance. Um 
that apparently has come up into the discussion here. You guys have gone to court on this, but actually the news on this uh, looks to be pretty good so far. You guys have yet to have your, your actual court date play out, but what you're hearing is pretty encouraging. Um, but th this is something I think a lot of folks are, are, are facing when it comes to the, the Christian businesses, especially with this new law that's been passed, so whether they're going to stand or not. So, why don't I ask you this? How how did you make that decision? And what would you say to others? Because I think we're moving into a time where we're going to have to make tough decisions. Where is our red line? Where where do we draw that line in the sand? What What is it that, that the point that we decide we're going to stand at, whether it's in our faith or whatever it might be, in our families, in our work, whatever it might be, how did you guys figure that out? Yeah, um... So I guess I would, <clears throat> I would start with the answer now and go back to when it happened. Um, once you make the stand and you go through the fire, it literally is like gas on a fire. If there's a huge ignition of, you know, again, social media, hatred, just slander, all these things. And you're like, oh my gosh, why did we just make, <laughs> make this decision? Like, this is terrible. And then it goes away enough with words and slander and that petty stuff. And then you start to realize why you made a stand. Um, I would rather, and we have said this to each other, we'd rather look back and let's say our business has to close. And that's unfortunate. We'd rather look back, show our family, show our children that we, we made a stand mm -hmm. for exactly what we believe in, no matter the outcome, because we made the decision for God, not for us, not for our flesh, not for anything about our culture, our society. It was, you know what? We believe that marriage is between a man and a woman, and we're going to stand on that. And so what I would just tell people is there is that moment where you're like, oh, I could, I could just, it doesn't really bother me right now or it's not, it doesn't affect my life. Man, the longer you go saying that, the harder it is to stand once you get to a point where you realize it is something that's going to affect you. Got to take a break here, Nick and Hannah. I appreciate you joining us, the owners of the Broadway Avenue. We'd like to help them out. I put the link to the Gives and Go at Mr. Justin Barkley over on Twitter. We're talking more about this. Your faith is under fire, folks. You're going to be the tested. Glenn Beck Program. On the cusp of Christmas, our faith is under fire. It's Justin Barkley in for Glenn today on the Glenn Beck program. And you know, listen, <laughs> I'd like to, we will, I will discuss good news, of course, and more in moments. Uh, but I think we, it's, 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 uh, you know, it's important that we're realistic as well. And that we talk about some of the things that, uh, that aren't fun to face. Uh, but particularly as these these folks, this couple here in Michigan, this on this wedding venue, the Natalies, 
They face a fight. They've made a decision. They decided where the line is in the sand for them. Of course, the reason I bring this up is because we're all going to have to do that. At some point, we all are going to have to make that decision. We're all going to face a time. We're going to, our faith, something's going to be called into question. And it's best if we decide now, have those conversations with our families, in fact, where we're going to be. And why? Now, I just gave out, they have a give, send, go. What I really like about this is the Christian company, I think, that uh, it's like the, the alternative GoFundMe. They have a give, send, go set up to help with any legal or any uh, business expenses that may come up uh, as they fight this fight. On uh, on uh, my Twitter, I put it up at, at Mr. Justin Barkley. So you can go on over and you can help these folks. But one of the things I just realized is, is yes, you can give, and, and folks are coming in to, to donate here and there, and I know that they'll appreciate that. But one of the things I thought was the most interesting on this Gifts and Go, they have, a, they have a prayer button. You can click for prayer requests. You, you can tell, let the, the, the folks know that you're praying for them. How great is that? I put the link to that of it. Mr. Justin Barclay over on Twitter. It's no surprise, but I, I just saw this, again, along with the uh, this, this marriage act that just passed. There's these, this is not going to be the only time you see this. In fact, there's a story out of uh, the UK that's, that's really concerning. A woman arrested what she was doing outside of an abortion clinic, and you would think when you hear this story, <sighs> it's right out of a dystopian horror novel. Uh, Phil's on the line. Let me grab a quick phone call. You can join us at 888-727-BECK. That's 888-727-BECK. Phil is up. Uh, Phil, you're on the Glenn Beck program. Appreciate you joining us. Good morning, Justin. <clears throat> Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. One question. One question. Do these despicable people ever target a mosque and ask them to have an LGBTQ2 wedding or do they go to a halal bakery or and have them bake a cake? Is this ever brought up? Do they ever target them? Like, why don't they just let them run their business? You know, it's a good question. Christians seem to be, uh, for the most part, the ones under uh, attack and the targets. But uh, And thank you for your call, Phil. But I will tell you this. It's not only Christians. This new this new marriage act will... will will target all of these folks. In fact, we have seen people of all different faiths come together, in, including uh, Muslims, Christians, Jews, and Muslims, to fight against, in, uh, in particular here in Michigan, in Dearborn, against some of these crazy pornographic books that were set in the school libraries. So I think folks of all walks uh, of life, different faiths, uh, this is an opportunity for us to come together and know that our faith is, because it's, it's, it's not just, it is predominantly Christian, but it's not just Christian. You see, the way things work for Marxists it is that the, the government and whoever is control of it, see, they, they have to be the only source of of everything, and in Christians in particular, but anyone of any faith, you have a higher power you believe in. Just like me. The day after the election, a lot of folks were upset and 
folks on the left said, I'm going to turn him on, see what he does. And if he's crying, I'm sure he's going to be blathering into the microphone. And I wasn't. I mean, I know this surprised a lot of people, but, you know, it's it's because my hope, my joy, my peace, it doesn't come from any man. Especially not one in office. No politician. Nobody serving in D.C. or anywhere else. My hope, my faith, my joy, it doesn't come from any of that. comes from a much bigger place this is why faith is is going to continue to be under attack and it's why we've got to decide right here and now how it is that we are going to stand or fall over in the uk a woman was arrested for silently praying Police officer asked her, are you praying? Okay, thank you. Um, before I ask any questions about what's going on today, I have to caution you, which is just your rights, which is you do not have to say anything. It may harm your defense if you do not mention one question, something that you later on in court, anything you do send me to give you. What are you here for today? Uh, physically, I'm just standing here. <laughs> what are you here for today, he says. But she says, well, you know, physically, I'm just, I'm just standing here. Oh, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. He'll continue to ask her questions here. What are you here for today? Physically, I'm just standing here. Why why here of all places? I know you you don't live nearby. But this is an abortion center. Okay, that's why you're standing here. Is you standing here part of the protest? No. Just one woman out on a sidewalk. One woman out on a sidewalk. Looks like it's a, it's, it's a, it's an, any, any random neighborhood. But she just happens to be outside of an abortion center. She's standing there, peacefully, quietly, silently praying. <sighs> praying for those innocent lives. What happens next? Police officer. Continues to question her. Are you praying? I might be praying in my head. She says, I might be praying in my head, but not out loud. Why does that matter? Well, I'll ask you once more. Will you voluntarily come with us now to the police station for me to ask you some questions? They want to ask her some questions because she's praying. Today and other days where there are allegations that you've broken public spaces. See, there's allegations that she's broken some sort of order, order over there. The public uh, protected spaces, protected spaces. Apparently, you're not you're not allowed to stand somewhere and pray. Uh, if I've got a choice, then no. Okay, well then you're under arrest. I can't suspicion of failing to comply with the public spaces protection order. Under arrest, praying outside of an abortion clinic. You're this is this actually happened. I'm not. This isn't a. So over in the UK. The Antisocial Behavior Act of whatever he said. Caution you again, you do not have to say anything. You may harm your defense if you do not mention one question, something which you later on in court, anything you do say may be given. Do you understand the caution? I do. Um, your arrest is necessary in order for the prompt and effective investigation into the offense. What that means is so that I can ask you some questions. And also to protect uh, vulnerable people, mainly service users in the clinic. Okay. 
so, so she's being arrested mainly to protect vulnerable people. I guess people going inside inside the, the the abortion center there in the UK. Not to mention the vulnerable lives that will be murdered as they're inside. I know this isn't uh, this isn't uh, necessarily the the jolly. The, the jolly information that you may wanted to hear today, but folks, I do believe it's a wake-up call, and it's one that we all need to hear. I know Glenn's talked about this quite extensively, what it might look like to stand, how your faith might be tested. It's best to make these decisions now because we don't know necessarily what's coming, although we do know that inevitably we will have to make some tough decisions. It's best to make them now so that in the future, when those times do get tough, you can lean into that peace, have the courage to walk out what you've already predetermined. Merry Christmas. Back with more after this on the Glenn Beck Program. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. report here folks we have a bit of an update uh a couple of things actually we did some good news and some strange news in the rona report first of all you know anthony fauci is still i thought this guy had retired but the high priest of health <laughs> saint anthony of wuhan mr booster he's still out there saying it's it's nice some people idolize. He likes to be idolized and put up on a pedestal, apparently. It's nice that some people, you know, idolize me and put me up on a pedestal, but I don't get impressed by that. Oh, sure, sure you don't. never have. Yeah, uh, but you know what he likes? He likes that funding for the gain-of-function research that he gets to do. I feel like there's a, lot, there's a lot of that, actually, I think, in the omnibus. They're still funding that stuff. Big news out of Florida. The Florida Supreme Court has approved Ron DeSantis' request to a grand jury on COVID-19 jabs on the Fauci-ouchie. The Florida Supreme Court on Thursday ruling a grand jury requested by Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis to investigate the manufacturers of the jabs. This is, after all, the sudden and unexpected, you know, the sudden and unexpected side effects. There are no side effects. What are you talking about? Everything's safe and effective. We don't have any issues with anything. No, please don't ask questions. That would be... Whatever you do, don't ask questions. <laughs> that would be too, too much. Hey, it turns out that exercise... Get a load of this. Exercise lowers your risk of uh, of death and severe illness now isn't that something when it comes to the rona i i who would have who would have thought 
Who would have begun to even to believe that this was possibility? I, I would have known. I would have thunk it. So much for closing gyms. Because <laughs> you, you remember there's a guy in, uh, I think his name's Ian. Was it New Jersey? The guy under fire and they, they came after his bank account. Can't remember to try to throw the guy in jail, all this, for keeping his gym open. You know, through this all, we, we never heard a couple of very common sense and very simple solutions like, hey, you might want to move a little bit more, get some sunshine, take some vitamins, eat a little bit better. No, we never heard that. We have just over and over again been beat the drum, you know, over our head. This, this, well, there's only one solution. You must be mandated to take this one solution. You can't ask questions. You can't talk about it. You can't. None of that. But it turns out this, this story is legit. Regular exercise protects, it protects against fatal COVID, according to this new study. Men and women who worked out at least 30 minutes most days were about four times more likely to survive than inactive people. According to an eye-opening study, of they call it an eye-opening study in the post. An eye-opening study! Exercise and coronavirus outcomes among almost 200,000 adults in Southern California. Study found that exercise in almost any amount, really, reduced people's risk for a severe coronavirus infection, even people who worked out for as little as 11 minutes a week. Yes, 11 minutes a week. Now, I don't necessarily know what that counts, like 11 minutes a week. How, what would that be? Some sort of, you do some crunches, some push-ups, an 11-minute walk. I think most folks could get 11 minutes a week. And I don't know if it's heart rate is up a certain amount or what that looks like exactly. But can you imagine? Can you imagine? So finally, we have, you know, this is unthinkable. We have some studies that show us. <sighs> Mask mandates are not coming back, even though COVID is. That's the headline. A triple threat, they call it a triple threat of COVID flu and RSV pushing hospitals to the brink. Several state health officials asking people to mask up, but not requiring it. It's a triple-demic. It's a triple-demic, folks. Be afraid. Be very, very afraid. And U.S. life expectancy continued to fall last year. I wonder what's causing that. Any Any ideas? Americans born in 2021 could expect to live just 76.4 years, according to government data released yesterday. Drop from 77 in 2020. I wonder what could possibly be causing some of that. It's just strange, some of these stories, isn't it? But Governor DeSantis down in Florida said, hey, you know what? We're going to get down to the bottom of some of this stuff. And their Supreme Court allowing him to do that. Some good news. Don't lose hope, folks. The fight continues. Matter of fact, we continue. If you stick with us for the next hour, we'll be here. If not, always great to podcast glennbeck.com. The Glenn Beck Program.